Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have Mr. Brian Kelm joining us all the way from Wisconsin. I I hope I said that right, Wisconsin. So, uh, hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. And here we are. We are back. I forgot to tell Brian to share this out while during the intro video, but um, so his friends and family can see. But hey, let's just go ahead and bring the dude on. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. It's a it's an honor. Uh, it took me a couple of weeks to understand and really connect. Like, really, he wants to have me on his show. So thank you for yeah. the opportunity. Hey man, I'm excited to have you on here. You know, I created this. I've I've interviewed now close to 300 celebrities and entrepreneurs. Um and I I created this two and a half years ago to help people have a breakthrough in life that that are stuck. So, um I'm excited. I know you've got some some uh trials and tribulations that you've been through and and I I'm excited to share that, but let's Let's start with um, where you were born and raised. How about sure. that? So I, I love uh, what you said about Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Known yeah. as the, known as, uh, the beer, beer and cheese capital or cheese curd capital, the squeaky ones, the fresh ones with a lot of moisture. Uh, Beaverdale, Wisconsin. Um, I was born and raised. I graduated uh, class in 1998, and then I went off to University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, uh, for the first time from 98 to 2003 with uh, a degree in uh, a triple triple major in marketing, advertising, and psychology. Went away for a couple of years. Um, self-employment is the only thing I've ever known. Um, I always gravitated towards the performing arts, broadcasting, um, anything dealing with entertainment and uh, radio and that kind of thing. And uh, I missed education so much that I went back for another partial degree from my alma mater. And they simply wow. said, they're like, hey, uh, what does it take for me to come back? And they're like, well, you got money? And I'm like, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. as my career moved on and whatnot uh, till t- to this day, which I'll get into a little bit later, is uh, education and the power of it. Um, you know, like uh, Jeffrey talks about, you know, um, traditional education will make you a living, but uh, self-education will make you a, a fortune. And uh, that's that's Jim Rohn's most fa- famous quote. Yep. And it's, it's true, man. It's totally true And it. You really have to want it because it's not going to yeah. show up. And, nope. uh, you know, there are uh, two things that I, there are many things I evaluate every day, but the two questions I always examine is uh, what are you going to do about it? And yeah. the second one is uh, how can you afford not to? And, um, right. Nobody that ever achieves anything great ever, ever goes back on it after they did it and says that was a waste or I regret doing that. So, right. Um, right. Education. So you have uh, you have a master's degree then? Uh, no, I get I get a I get a um, an undergrad, another partial degree, and then I just got my master's a couple months ago. So, um, so you do have a master's. So what what's your master's degree in? In uh, something that people don't know that even exists is uh, is, is in wedding planning. 
um, wedding and event. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So if I had, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said they have degrees and certifications for that, and it's like, yeah, they do. Yeah. A master's degree in wedding planning. Yep. yep. Wow. Well, that's cool. It's, I guess uh, you would be the guy to plan someone's wedding for sure. Then. Yeah, it's because uh, I would think that most most wedding planners are like, "Hey, I'm pretty good at throwing a party. I'm gonna start planning people's weddings." Well, and and there's nothing absolutely wrong. There is absolutely nothing wrong with somebody that has the experience, like a, right. a family friend or whatever. But the difference is, is that you only know what you know versus yeah. a certification or some other education. And it's not about yeah. boasting or the initials at the end of my name. It's about bringing somebody around that they never knew was available. And wow. to be well-rounded as a planner, you have to have that. Otherwise, you're only giving people what you deem is is um, is possible. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. So, so you, um, you ended up, what, and what's your, um, your undergrad? What's that? I did a triple, I did a triple major in marketing, advertising, and psychology. Okay. And okay. I still That's remember right. to this day when I had some of my, uh, uh, classmates, they're just like, they would do marketing with a minor in advertising and, but psychology never came into the equation. Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, what's the point of a focus group or a product if you don't know how to sell it to them or what colors or all of that. And, um, you know, it's amazing about the power of psychology day to day relating to people, yeah. business, everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm blessed that I had so, the opportunity to do that. So what was it like though, for you, you know, I find that, um, I, I truly believe that there's always a, a, an event or somebody in our lives as, as kids that they kind of, um, I don't know, set us on, on the path that we, of, of what we become as adults. Was there someone in your life or something that happened that made you go, man, I am going to be a wedding planner. Um, uh, there, there was a couple people, um, you know, and, and it's like, I've always, I've always learned is that you never forget where you came from. You never do. Um, the mm -hmm. people that gave you opportunities in business, the people allow you to follow your dream. You never forget those people because they are the ones that propelled you to do what you love to do because they saw something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself. And then years down the road, you look back and it's like, wow, if they wouldn't have given me these opportunities, I would not be where I'm at today. And um, I would have to say my dad, uh, my dad, Jim, who is uh, up in heaven. Uh, God bless you, dad. I miss you. Um, uh, one of my mentors, uh, Bill Herman, who has uh, been in the performing arts for 40 years. Um, him and I have... Um, He's just, he's like another dad to me. And obviously Jeffrey Gittermer. Um, I know that, uh, you know, Jeffrey has a big following and whatnot, but uh, throughout the life experiences that I witnessed and whatnot, he's always been there. Like in the back of my brain, whatever I was going through, you know, just telling me what to do and, and keeping me in line. Um, the character of people was, was the biggest thing that stood out to me in terms of who are they in the world? Are they living with integrity? Are they living with passion? Are they true to themselves? And that the only way that that shows up from day to day is through their actions, you know, and, and that doesn't, you just have to look at it in order to see it because it's not a matter of what somebody says, it's what they do. Um, so I would have to right. say my dad, um, my mentor, and then obviously Jeffrey. And, yeah. Uh, 
there are definitely others. My being is made up of everybody that has trained me, coached me, developed me like yourself, Ken, uh, through the Grow Live Academy. And uh, everybody was a part of my development. So to exclude somebody would just be very selfish. Yeah, it's tough. But, uh, you know, it's tough to recall everyone sometimes. You know, I I wrote about that in my book. I said, look, if I remember who taught me something or where this quote came from, I'm definitely going to give them credit. If I don't, I'm not going to take credit for the quote unless I know for a fact it was mine, right? But I'll say, I don't know where I learned this, but I know it was from somebody smarter than me. So that that's okay to, to <laughs> you know, to put, it, you, I mean, it's okay, I think. But so, so look, you grew up in, um, you grew Even up in, in, in Wisconsin, you, you, you had, it sounds like you had a great childhood. My, uh, I was an only child and, uh, I got into a lot of trouble when I was a kid. I was very mischievous. Uh, there's a reason why my parents only had one. (laughs) (laughs) I caused them so much. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but, but here's the thing is that they allowed me to experience life. And then if I got in trouble through the law or whatever, then I had to deal with it myself. And um, mm. that made a huge difference to me because they were not, they were not the type of people that were willing to shelter me. And I learned about life. I learned the value of a dollar. I learned what it's like yeah. to treat people right, be kind, you know? And, um, but I was all, like in high school, I had three jobs besides wow. maintaining a, a 3.0 grade point average in high school. So, um, what I was never job, one that what was, were the jobs, what were the jobs sure. you were doing? Well, I own my own business back then, which obviously was a, was a little small portion of what it is now. Yeah. I worked at my local church as a custodian. Plus I also worked as a customer service person at the local bowling alley. So, wow. um, you know, it, how did I do it? I, I just, if I, I determined in high school that athletics was not for me. Me, even though I was basketball, football, and baseball. Okay. Mm. But what I realized is, is that it's like, okay, for the future, I'm a business person. I need to help people. I want to make a difference in the world, whatever that might look like. And it's not going to be within athletics. It's going to be in somewhere else. So. Gotcha. Hey, are you having an internet hiccup there? Because your video has been really blurry for a few minutes now. I don't know what's going on. Is it? My, I'm not I, having any issues. Okay. Yeah, it's just blurry. I, I don't know what's yeah. happening, but I can hear you. It's a little choppy here and there, but we're good. I think we'll keep rolling here. Um, okay. So, so, so you got into a lot of trouble as a as a kid, which I, I can, I can relate to that. <laughs> um, and and you you, um, but you got so you get out of high school. And you decided that I, I'm going to college. Yep. Yep. That was, wow. uh, that was the path. And I, at that time I was the first uh, person in my family, my German and Irish family to go to college. And uh, wow. Good my, for you. My parents man. were so proud of that moment. It was, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> second semester freshman year joined a fraternity, a social fraternity, not an academic fraternity. Mm. And, uh, um in short, I experienced college to the fullest. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. Classes over, nightlife, yeah. fun. Yeah. But 
given my life, though, I would not exchange it for anything because that taught me lessons. If I failed the yeah. class, I'd have to take it over. I'd have to change yeah. my ways. No more drinking, studying, dean's list. Right, so. right. So you get so you get through college, you get out of college, and and what what happened then? You went and got a a, a job, or you started your own business, or what what happened? Well, I, I started my own business when I was twelve years old, so that goes all the oh. way back to nineteen ninety two. So that and, was uh, your that was you were in the same business after college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But then, but then with business school and all of that, it just elevated my abilities to know what business is all about on a larger scale. You know, mm. um, to appease my dad, I, I worked for IBM out of college, and because uh, they paid for some of my college, and uh, I hated it. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing how deceptive the business world is where they bring you in and you think that you're doing this job, but then all of a sudden they change it on you. And now you're doing uh, cold calls and all of that, which is not my deal. And, um, the, the, the products are misrepresented in terms of, you know, what you're doing. It's all a database and all that, which is, is, uh, it, it was just very deceiving and very, uh, uh, dishonest in what they were doing. And I hated it. But I did it to appease yeah. my dad. But then after I was done with that, I'm like, screw it. Um, I'm committed to doing my business. I'm committed to being solely employed. Um, and uh, that's just my world. That's I've always been in that business to help other people, but do it on my own terms. You know, how, how now, how long did you work at IBM? About a year, year and a half. Um, okay. there was a super campaign that I was a part of, uh, the marketing, the, the digital and the video, um, TV marketing for it and advertising. And, but then my role changed. I was hired for one thing. Then they moved me to something else and uh, okay. it just wasn't my thing. And, uh, I know my dad yeah. wasn't happy because the vision my dad had for me was different than the one I had for myself. And, uh, I know that I heard yeah. him to this day, unfortunately. Did you, um, well, you know, uh, did you did you um, keep your business going while you were still at IBM or? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 I still continue, continue to do events on my skills. Um, back in 2008, one of my longest uh, um, longest standing customers that I've been uh, uh, I planned with them for 26 months. We, uh, they, mm -hmm. they have the benchmark in terms of how long I plan with a couple and that's been 26 months. And wow. I remember the bride, Amanda telling me, she's like, Brian, she goes, uh, um, you planned our wedding and you also entertained you are master of ceremonies, but she goes, I'd really like to see you get certified. And that was back in 2008 when what I thought I was being reserved for is different than what they perceived I was reserved for. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that spoke to me ever since to be like, I have to honor that request. They're telling me this, they want to see me succeed with this. So I'm going to do it. And uh, ultimately four years later, it actually happened the first time. So, and that was the so master's degree as a wedding plan. No, the master's degree was just recent. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I, got I, you. I became a certified as a wedding in event in 2012 or 2011. And then I've just gotcha. been adding certifications and different mastermind certifications ever since then. Um, gotcha. It's been a journey, gotcha. but people had to believe in me in order for me to succeed. Yeah. So, so, so talk a little bit about the business that you're, 
well let, let, let's back up because i know that along the way you've also had um some other challenges along the way why, why don't you talk about some of the the challenges you've faced since you sure. got out of college well, well there's uh the first one was uh you know near-death experiences is uh two that i've had one more critical than others um, you know, and then there's been heartache along the way, which I'll get into. So the first one, I was 13 years old and it was my birthday weekend and, uh, we were at my parents' cabin at the time. And, uh, I've always had a fascination with, uh, you know, with fire and fireplaces and all of that and you know, wood burning, uh, uh, fires. And, uh, my parents always said, you know, like if you, if you test the bees ultimately going to, you know, sting you. Well, that weekend over my 13th birthday, um, it was nighttime and we gathered firewood and I tripped over a log and instead of my face going in the fire it was actually my hands to brace my fall. And the coals were blue. And, uh, to anybody that knows <laughs> the color blue in the fire, it's the, it's the hottest, uh, color that you can get. And that was not as near death as the one that happened, you know, uh, you know, the most recent one, but, uh, it was a sign to me that it's like, okay, going too fast. You need to slow down. And, uh, there was no damage, no, nothing like that. No nerve to my hands. There was no scars. Uh, that was the first one. The one that still impacts wow. me today that really changed my life was back. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, let's back up for a second. So you, you fell into a fire. Yeah. I tripped over a log all the firewood was laying there on the ground, ready to put in the fire need when it needed to go in. And I tripped over and instead of my face going in, my hands braced my fall. I got you. So you didn't, you, I mean, did what happened? Did you catch on fire? What happened? My hands got, my hands got burned quite, quite significantly. Oh, that um, was it. No, and nobody was. Yep. That was it. Oh, okay. I mean, it, uh, I'm grateful that, you know, there was none on my face or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, I didn't know at the time really much more than like, okay, don't, you know, your what your mom says, don't do it. Right. Like if she says to stay away from that, don't do it. And sure enough, then it burned me. Yeah. Uh, literally. And, yeah. um, you know, some may say it's not a near death experience. It could have been a lot worse than the way it was, you know, um, with skin grafts and all of that. Um, you know, but wow. it was, uh, you know, and being 13, I only knew what I knew, you know, at that time. Yeah. Wow. So what, uh, what you said, there was another experience that you had that, yep. that what, what was that? In 2009, 14th of 2009, um, I still remember it, uh, as much as I can. I, I fell asleep in a vehicle and I hit a tree at approximately 60 miles an hour. To the left of me oh. was a gas line in the ground. To the right of me was a house. And uh, wow. I don't, to this day, I've had people ask me about the moment. And all I do remember being cut out of the vehicle. And to this day, I should be a corpse. And I, and I, I say that not to freak anybody out or, you know, <laughs> make them twitch or anything. But it's been a journey of really looking at what life is all about and things that might be perceived as the biggest thing in the world right now. But in essence, it's really petty compared to where, <laughs> where things could go in somebody's life, you know, being terminally ill or whatever. 
Um, right. All that I do remember is being cut out. They extracted me from the vehicle. To this day, I'm grateful I wasn't cut by the glass from the windshield or uh, that I, that the engine compartment didn't blow up because I, I was I seatbelt on. And um, I saw my dad was not very fluid with, uh, <laughs> with point-and-inch phones back then, but he found my phone, or excuse me, my camera on the ground, and he took some pictures. And he didn't know if he did it or not because of the damage of the camera. And I saw wow. pictures of the wreck, and my front seat was underneath the engine compartment, if you can believe that. Jeez. And uh, I erased that those pictures immediately because there was only two of them because uh, I don't want memories of it, but it still, it still gives me goosebumps from time to time. That wow. Like, wow. I survived that. And um, Did you break any bones? I did not have to have surgery. I, uh, I broke, broke, uh, two ribs on my left side and three broken bones on my left foot and no surgery, but crutches for six months. So I skirted away from that with a lot to be grateful for. And, uh, wow. Sometimes so, life shows up in such a way where, go ahead. Uh, well, I know I've had a friend of mine, um, on the show, Sherry Ame, that she's been on. She's been on the Dr. Oz and she's been on all these TV shows because she had a near death experience that she died. And normally like, you know, when somebody's talking about an NDE, they actually died and left their body and they remember that. Was there anything like that that occurred? Like where you left your body and, and, or do you remember any of that? Yeah, there, there was a couple moments uh, where I saw the, the pearly gates is what they call them. Uh, when they took me to the first hospital, they couldn't, you know, they had to transport me immediately. Um, until I got to that hospital, I don't know if I was going to live or die. And, wow. Uh, but there was moments, you know, and, and it's not like they all came at once. They came, you know, like little, little moments here and there, right? Um, yeah. When they extracted all my clothes off me in the emergency room and they had to pop my left toe back into place because it looked like like a hinge like this, like a hook. Wow. Um, you know, they didn't know what they had until they did MRIs and CT scans. And, um, you know, still to this day, I, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm blessed to be alive. But there, there's been some things that I've had to endure and overcome with therapy. And, uh, you know, I got away without passing away. But there's always, um, you know, there's always repercussions mentally and physically, which I found yeah. out and I'm still witnessing to this day. Yeah. So, um, and how old were you then? I was uh, 26. Wow. Yeah, I was 26. Wow. Yeah. So, and that was what year? 2000? 2009. Nine. Okay. No, wait, I, I take that back. Uh, it was 29. I was 29 because if it was 11 years ago, yeah, I was 29. Yeah. So you're 40. I just turned 41. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 41. Yeah. So, so, um, what happened after that with your, your life? Did, did, did you, was it like a wake up call for you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At that time in my life, I was, I, my mind was, I was hanging around the wrong people. I was, uh, uh, not treating women the way that they should be treated, uh, with relations and that kind of thing. I was drinking. Um, I found the group of people that made me feel at home and comfortable. But to this day, it just, man, they were never, they never called on me. They never reached out to me to say, Hey, how you doing? I heard you had an accident. 
none of those people to this day ever did anything to acknowledge, hey, we respect you, we appreciate you. So that's when nothing against them, but I had to sever ties. Um, at that moment in my life, I was going on a dark road, very dark road. It was, yeah. uh, there was no hope for me. Everything I wanted to do in business was not, was a little too fast for what the market wanted or was willing to accept, given my yeah. ideas and thoughts. Okay. And um, it was just, I was in such a place where I was stuck in the world as if nobody understood who I was. And uh, I was the type of person that would take no help from anybody. Independence, independence, independence. And I mean, even asking somebody to open up a door if I had too many groceries was something I was not willing to do because it was a weakness based on how I was raised by my dad, you know, that uh, you don't ask for help. You just do it. Right. And when I was on crutches for six months, that really opened me up like, wow, people are actually nice and they're willing to help. And it's not you're not asking anything of them. Right. To, hey, can you get the door? Right. And that right. was a total transitional mindset shift to be like, wow, I was living my life this way. Now it's this way. And, um, you know, uh, fast forward a little bit, you know, uh, on crutches for six months, you know, medical bills, unknowing, you know, if I'm going to maintain my customer relationships and if I need help at my events, you know, when I'm performing at an event or, you know, hosting or being a planner and, uh, but people just the humanity of people and how much I love people, you know, yeah. did not come out of me until that moment did not, you know, wow. in that whole experience and just the outpouring of love and to know petty matters as I call them. Um, like if people are stuck in traffic or if they don't get a business deal or whatever that might be, it, it's so petty compared to what can happen when you don't know if you're going to live or die. And right. Right. I had somebody a long time ago ask me, they're like, how do I get the lessons that you got without going through what you did? And I'm like, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Yeah. And it's it, every time I see somebody that got in a car crash or I hear the I still have um, the physical manifestations of when I hear a car crash or when I when I hear an ambulance, it just makes me cringe because I it's still there for me. You know? Yeah. Um, I remember when I was going to an event in downtown Milwaukee, I saw Miller Park off on the right-hand side, and I was in the middle lane of traffic. I think it was 2000, 2014. No, it was uh, many. It was years before that. But I was in the center lane into the left of me. All of a sudden, boom! I hear this car crash into the back end of somebody else. And it just made me jump because those wow. manifestations and the, just the physicality of what I endured are still with me. And I don't know if it's a reflex or whatever it is, but it's just make me a lot more sensitive to, especially in the Midwest and snow and all of that. Yeah. I take it slow. <laughs> like yeah. my life is worth more than somebody that has to get somewhere and they're probably going to waste it anyways when they get to where yeah. they're going. So. All right, now, now, you, so, so in your main business, you do, um, I can't move, move for just a minute. Let me see your whole backdrop there. Master of ceremony, certified wedding and event planner. So what is, uh, what is master of ceremonies? What's that? 
A master of ceremonies, uh, the easiest way to say it is, that, have you ever seen, uh, um, you know, any of the Academy Awards, Billy Crystal, uh, Ryan Seacrest, any of that? Is that I try not to watch that stuff, but I know okay. what you're talking about. Or Tom Bergeron, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Is that they're the host of the event. They're the ones that are near, are there to narrate the action, to keep it moving in a way, but not making it about themselves. Yeah, with got it. Humor that they're to direct, they're there to organize, yeah. but they're not there to make it about them. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah. So, so you do, um, like what? What kind of events do you do? You do weddings, obviously. Weddings and corporate. Weddings and corporate. That's it. What's corporate? What's that mean? Like corporate parties? Like like corporate uh, business meetings, sound, AV, um, you know, very small scale stuff, but it's all word of mouth and referrals. Because most people have an in-house person, but it's somebody that works for a corporation. You know, everything yeah. I do is by a word of mouth and referrals. And it's been that way ever since my inception of my company. Yeah. And, uh, and you've you know. had this company since you were 12. Yes. Yep. You started doing wedding planning at 12. Yes. Seriously. Wow. For, for the first four years before I had a driver's license, I was doing parties at bars and stuff like that. And I didn't have a driver's license. So my parents had to drive me there. You know, wow. Uh, you know, obviously the landscape is a lot different now. <laughs> you know, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, how, how has um, COVID affected your business? It, just like anything in the live sound business, the concerts, whatever, it's pretty much shut down. Um, I've been fortunate enough to not have any cancellations, um, you know, where I had to re return monies, you know, everything yeah. has been, everything has been, um, rescheduling, which has been great. And so that's why for me, I told myself after I took two weeks off to just really grasp how, what this COVID thing is all about. I took it upon myself to just sit there and examine and learn without making any split second decisions about what this is. And I told myself, I want to feel like I'm shot out of a cannon in my development, my learning, being a sponge, you know, yeah. um, obviously Jeffrey's insiders groups, Scott McCain's programs, you know, Grant's got some stuff. I did one a couple of weeks ago on, uh, communication skills and, uh, I'm being a sponge, you know, because how yeah. can you afford not to? Yeah. And I think that that's a huge thing to overcome where somebody they're looking at something and they're finding all the reasons why not versus <clears throat> just do it and then look back at it. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're, you're, you're digging in and, and, and making yourself better. Absolutely. You know, um, if, if second city can do improv classes virtually, there's really not much that can't be done. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Right. And, uh, you know, like you, like you say on your lives and whatnot to hone your skills on video. And it's like, to me, I'm a firm believer that you just got to practice it. You just got to do it. You got to, yeah. you know, extemporaneously speaking, maybe have a few notes, but just be present with everybody face, you know, face contact, eye contact. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, that only happens for doing it, you know? So trying to it's get true. better. It's true. So what, uh, what's the future hold for you, man? Uh, well, there's a few things is, uh, obviously with all the education I'm doing, I've got three books in the hopper right now. Now, these are not books that I, I envision selling to people. These are books that I just am creating because of the body of content. I write a lot. I create a lot of content. My graphic designer is pretty much my secondhand person. 
anybody that is on the live that knows me and I'm friends with them, they know I generate a lot of content and I, I work with a graphic designer to really have a formal presentation. Um, I'm just a very deep thinker and uh, I'm not going to be constrained by not having a message or being held back by it. So I've got three books in the hopper right now that I'm working on. All the content is written. Written. It's just a matter of me overcoming my self-limiting beliefs that it's any good, right? Um, and then I've yep. got about another 150 eBooks or guides, which is a better way of saying it, that uh, um, ideas and a lot of them are already written to get content out there that are shared. And it's my point of view. It's professionally designed. And, um, you know, so a lot of writing. And plus, I'd really like to be a, a very big force when it comes to virtual presentations, live streams, interviewing people, and really honing my performance skills more than more than they are. So, but I'm always a student. You never arrive. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's, um, <clears throat> I think that, that, I'm, let's talk about those three books that you said. Why wouldn't you sell those? Why wouldn't you put those out? The reason why is because they're, I guess maybe I just have a, a short, you know, I, I'm short-sighted in that, is that it's uh, to ask money for something is just not in my nature. It's like give and give and give, um, you know, because it's like I was talking to somebody last night about like, right, have, who would I have write a forward? Who would I have, you know, review the book? And uh, it just seems to be very daunting if I elevate it to that level. You know, if I get a publisher, if I get all of that, um, yeah. you know, like, like Jeffrey says, you know, it's like he wrote an article, you know, every week for the business journal. And then all of a sudden after a hundred articles, he's got a book, right? Right. It, uh, it really shows up that way. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, uh, I wrote a book. Yes. I, I, I self-published self it, man. I, I don't, don't wait on the world to come to you. You got to go after it. I'm, I'm not turning this into a coaching, but, but dude, like if you've got three books, you need to, you need to get, take one at a time to start with one and, and publish it. It's, okay. it's easy. Okay. It's not difficult to do. And I, I mean, I, I waited until I was 47 years old before I decided to publish a book because of fear and self-limiting beliefs and, and all the other crap. I didn't think that it, I'm like, well, who's going to publish it? And then I found out, oh, you can self-publish. It's, it's, it's not hard to do at all. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, you gotta, if you got, if you got books, you got to get them out, man. And they're all, all of them are about, uh, thought provoking. I mean, I envision this book to be like a small colored flip book, you know, so maybe yeah. like childlike size, but full of colorful graphics and, and quotes and statements. It's, it would not be the, the traditional style book. That's not, yeah. you know, and it's all for the wedding community. It's all for wedding customers and, and corporate customers. But it's crazy that the messages, regardless of what they are or what industry they're for, is that they're universal. They work across yeah. the board, you know. So, and uh, I'm a firm believer after hearing, you know, Jeffrey with his gold coin and uh, the elevator speech or whatever. Yeah. The ultimate sign of a business card is when you can hand over a signed book to somebody. And upon yep. hearing that, that just blew me away. That's like, whoa, you know, you got yeah. a business card. Yeah. Here's a signed book. That's <laughs> it. Enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that, um, I, I don't, I uh, personally, I think, especially if these, these books are, are, you know, related to the industry, you know, that you, you work in 
talk about solidifying being an expert. That that's what does it, man. Write that book, get it out there. Like Roxy says, get what's in you out. Folks need to hear your stories that they can relate to. It's true, man. It's true. And and here's the thing. I, I, I publish my book and I'm like, you know, I truly don't care if anybody buys one single copy of this book ever. Don't care. Because 99.9% .9 of the world will not publish a book. And I can say, I, I, hey, at least I published a book. And then it became a number one bestseller, So, which was, was icing on the cake. So you got to get your book out, man. Yeah. And I mean, Scott McCain on one of his lives when uh, he had a segment where I brought it up um, when he does his live stream every day is that he goes, hey, the, the one thing that you can't control is how they're going to react to it. But if you don't put That's it out right. there, there's nothing to react to anyway. So, Amen. <laughs> Scott's my buddy. You know, know that awesome. you got it. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. Ron said, I thought the content was the hard part. So look like, you know, dude, I, I get, get your book out. I, I'll tell you, I, I, um, when I made the decision, I was writing a book. I, I thought I, I knew inside I needed to set a date for completion and, and I remembered hearing Grant Cardone tell a story about how he wrote his book in his first book in three hours. I was like, if he can do it in three hours, I, I, I'll set mine. And I was going through a lot moving and all this at the same time. And I'm like, I'm going to set it for seven days. Seven days later, I had the rough draft finished and, and, and my wife did the editing and, and within 10 days or so somewhere in there, it was ready to go to the publisher. So, you know, once you say it, you know, make the decision like, Hey, I'm writing this, I'm publishing this book. I don't know who's going to buy it. Doesn't even matter. I'm publishing this book. And, and then you, you set the date, man, you, you'll do it. Okay. You'll do it. You have to now. Yes everybody's watching saying you have to yeah robert says yes you do don't make me come down there <laughs> from canada yeah we don't want so, that canadians Oof. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah ron ron yeah those canadians man they they're they're a you know military superpower <laughs> ron said he'd buy all three of them oh. Joe says, so you broke through the wall of book writing. That's good. Yes. That's what we did today. Brian is going to write his book and publish it. Finish writing it. Get it published. Let's roll. Look, Mark Gassard, everybody's saying, dude, publish the book. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> so, so, so you have to get this book done for sure. Um, what else is, what else is coming down the pike for you, man? Well, I would hit one of the things that just came to mind uh, because uh, um, the repercussions of my accident, uh, I need to touch on that so, to just kind of complete the, the whole thing, is that in 2016, um, the physical repercussions of my accident uh, created a, a tear in my stomach. And um, that caused me to have uh, emergency diaphragmatic hernia surgery. And... Um, after that, I've also been going through, it's coming up on three years of EMDR therapy. I've been working with a therapist, which, man, upon the first time that I was ever encouraged to seek therapy because of a woman I thought I was going to marry and it didn't work out, 
And um, I thought from how I was raised to seek therapy is weakness. And uh, it's amazing when you tell people and you're vulnerable to tell your story, they can relate too because they probably done it themselves. And so I've done EMDR therapy. I'll continue to do that for my well-being. Um, the mental manifestations from my accident is the trauma, the big T trauma, uh, which is big trauma, is um, I think I, I, they have no way of proving it, but I think I have some neurological damage from the impact of my accident because uh, there's some stuff I can't remember. Um, but I continue to go to therapy. And um, as a result of that, I, uh, I tested positive and uh, through tests for general anxiety disorder. So, uh, and from my understanding from Mel Robbins and other people about what anxiety is, is that it's a, it's worry um, going out of control. There's a dopamine fire, but the dopamine has nowhere to go. And that's why right. you're sitting there. So, and then I get depressed. And so in order for me to get out of my head, I need to stay active. Um, I think I'm at 234 days right now of walking a day. And um, so me to re release the demons and let them go or put them aside. And uh, I'm reading right now Jeffrey's uh, little yes book of attitude, uh, gold book of the attitude for the third time, because I just need that every day. So, um, you know, I, I'm with a woman right now. And uh, we're in a relationship again after uh, uh, several years of being away. And so she uh, brings a lot of joy to my life and a lot of fulfillment. And so I just want to help as many people as I can. I really want to be the standard in the wedding industry with a point of view that I think is really rare. And instead of holding that back, I'm going to bring it forward. And if people don't like it, that's okay. Uh, there's no harm, no foul. But there's so many people that are playing small. And I'm one of them, as it is, as it was exposed in this interview by holding my book back. So, um, well, my question for you, Brian, is this, are there any books on the market right now about wedding planning? Yeah, there's tons of them. Tons. Of them. Yeah, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> so, so if, if I had written a book on wedding planning, whether I know anything about it or not, how would people perceive you and I head to head? walking into a meeting, I hand them my wedding planning book and you hand them a business card. Who wins? The person with the book. Yeah. Yeah. Write your book, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like well, write your book. Well, and the point of view of a lot of the planning books out there are like checklists and worksheets, right? And obviously because of yeah. the brand names of some of these people that put them out, they might not even be a planner themselves, but they got a name. So they brand it in such a way Right. It's like, wait a minute, that person doesn't know anything about this. <laughs> doesn't matter, man. They have a book. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Perception is reality, dude. So, so you, you have to, you have to write your book. You have to get it, get it published. You got it today. Today you need to meditate on it and you need to go, okay, I'm going to have this book ready to go to the Send it to KDP, man. That, that's the that's Amazon's publishing company. It's it's free. Okay. It's free. You publish it for free. You don't even have to buy it. Like they print it on demand when people buy it. There's nothing that you have to do except for give them the file. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's it, dude. There's nothing to it. I mean, well, I mean, there's a little bit, but not much. It's no. like you got to write your book. You have to, if you want to, if you want to solidify being the expert in your industry, you have to write a book. You got it. Yep. 
So there Fun. you go. I'll commit to it. <laughs> yes. Everybody's heard it. Hey, that's all right. Now, um, look at this. Glenn says, Brian sounds like he's from the great north. Where, oh, hold on. Don't, tell, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Glenn, where is he from? Glenn's good at this. I mean, he's really good at this. As a matter of fact, I think there's probably nobody better at guessing where someone's from by the way they their accent than Glenn Morshower. He is unbelievable. So unless he just heard what you said, I, he may have. So um, <coughs> what? So in your life, so far you're young still man 41 geez um so far in your life what do you think the number one thing is that's held you back normally i say what holds everybody else back but i want this to be a moment of self-reflection for you man what do you think the number one thing is that's held you back from absolute massive success and and joy and happiness fear of success by far fear of success what, what do you mean by that fear of success in terms of where it could take me in my life that i'm exposed i'm vulnerable but i'm on a different playing field than just you know status quo um you know i've been an underdog all my life right and so to to emerge out of that and to keep pushing despite if people like it or not Fear of success. How good can I be? How hard do I want to work? How fast do I want to get there? Yeah. What what do you what what about success makes you so fearful? What are you afraid of? Good question. Uh for me, it has nothing to do with the money. I know that uh different people evaluate success differently. For me, it's fulfillment and love. Uh about the fear is that doubting myself that I can be that proficient. I can be that good. I know what I'm talking about, right? And doing it in such a humble way, but it's, it's a humble way that has proof behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've always been a humble person. And ever since my accident has spoke to that a lot and uh, actions are where it's at. Cause otherwise analysis paralysis kicks in. So I think the humility behind it, but it's like, okay, you can be successful and hu humble at the same time instead of them being mutually exclusive. I think that that's the biggest hurdle for me. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the U S either Minnesota or Wisconsin, <laughs> I've had people say Canada before. Yes. So where are you from? Wisconsin, Wisconsin, <laughs> dude, do you have like a huge bowl of cheese curd sitting next to you right now? I do not. <laughs> No, I have my water and an energy drink. <laughs> man. So, hey, Brian, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your your story, your vulnerability. Um, you know, I think that everybody on here that knows you because you, you you're in in the you're you're in the same circles that that I am and everybody else watching. And um, I can tell you that that um in my personal opinion i think if you would get your foot off the brake like like grant cardone says when when you find yourself going through hell um stomp on the gas man it's time to get and i'm not saying you're going through hell i'm right. saying get your foot off the brake write your book 
And and like Glenn says, he sold the best book ever written on humility. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's that's funny. So, you know, get your book written, dude. It, it really will. I promise you, it solidifies you. It makes you. It gives people who are getting ready to hire you or talk to you about like, they're like, Oh, you have a book. Wow. You are an expert. It's crazy, man. Right. So, so write your book, dude, write your book. I'm on it. <laughs> I, hey, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being here. Thank you to everybody who's been on and shared this out. And, and Brian, what's the best place for everybody to follow you? On uh, social, uh, uh, Brian Kelm. Uh, my business page is Brian Brian Kelm Productions, and then on Instagram is uh, Brian J Kelm or Brian Brian Kelm Productions. Official is my business part on Instagram. Awesome, dude! You rock, brother. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me. Honored. You guys have a great day. Thanks so much.